commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Grax Combat, and you're listening to Core World News, your Holland news show for in-depth coverage and analysis of the latest stories from around the galaxy. Now, here's a new segment rundown for June 18, 2020. Reading Raftar. But first, Star Wars Squadron's gameplay trailer was finally unveiled at the EA Play event. Now, the house, Ben Grant and Adam to discuss. Thank you, Grex. I I think Grex is getting a little impatient. He used finally revealed. Didn't we just get the the trailer two days ago? And <laughs> Grex, I mean, calm down. <laughs> like, hey, he's when he's right, gamer, he's right. Guys. <laughs> okay, so we uh, finally get the third release from EA since they bought exclusive rights from Lucasfilm to make all of the Star Wars games ten years ago. This game is a pure Starfighter game. What are your first takeaways from this new title, gentlemen? Uh, well, I'll go first because I'm going to jump in before I else can. Because I am yeah. probably the most excited. I literally, after the original trailer came out, re-downloaded the original X, X-Wing game for DOS. <laughs> and was playing it on my on my laptop. And wow, that does not convert well to a, <laughs> to a modern day Mac. It doesn't work quite the well as, as much as yeah. it did when I was in my um, computer lab in the mid-90s playing it at school. Instead of, you know, doing school. Um, but I am very excited for this game. And I'm even more excited after the gameplay trailer today. Because literally everything I was hoping for was listed in that in that gameplay. Like I wanted I wanted to be able to... Like one of the things I loved the most was just shield modification. Like I got super good at dogfighting in that game. Because I would just, you know, you just... You get good at dropping your, your you know, shunting everything to your rear deflectors. Right. Then you just hit on the brakes. And then you just blast them out of this. I cannot wait to dogfight again. I've been waiting nice. for this for like 20 years. Sounds like you already years. got some techniques that oh, yeah. you unleash. Yeah, I mean, I love playing in Battlefront 2, but my biggest complaint is it's not, there's not a lot you can do. It's 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 a very much an arcade game in a lot of ways, not, not you know, the, the Starfighter version of it. Right. Um, okay, someone else talk, because I could just oh. talk. My biggest takeaway was the cockpit perspective and how the UI is not this overlay. It's actually built into the components in your cockpit. You basically look at the meters and you 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 fly your starfighter like you're actually in the galaxy, like, it, like it's a real starfighter. I love that. I only saw cockpit perspective during this gameplay trailer, which makes me think this could be a cockpit only perspective, you know, uh, of game. And I was like, that that's that's really intriguing to me because if everyone's yeah. locked into that view, there's no advantage. There's no one gets the third person or the outside the starfighter kind of the, the viewpoint vantage point. Yeah, yeah, the vantage point that, that would give them an advantage, and it would make, it, it would it really kind of like create an equal playing ground or equal you know uh, battlefield space battle. Um, I also uh, I also just love the uh, the character the, the character reveals in the trailer. I think we saw Ray Sloan. Yep. I think yeah, I'm super Harris excited to see. Saw Harrison yep. Dula. Uh, we got the we got introduced to these these new squadrons, uh, Titan Titan Squadron for the Imperials. Uh, I guess yeah. they're Remnant Imperials at that point because the yep. Empire has fallen. And um, and then we have uh, uh, Vanguard, Vanguard. Yep. yeah, wow. for the, the Rebels, which is really really cool. Um, and I, I love the game modes. It doesn't feel like just your typical space battle kind of a death match it feels like it looks like there's going to be objectives looks like there's special abilities it looks like there'll be kind of like waypoints and and interest and stages to the yeah, kind of the fleet stages. battles that's really yeah. cool yeah. so um when do you guys go that's that's kind of that's what i got yeah uh, um just first impressions here i also was very surprised by that 
first person point of view, mostly because, um, well, firstly, in Battlefront 2, they have a great starfighter mode um, that's always a joy to play. Criterion specifically did that one component for um, DICE and EA in that game, and they did a fabulous job. And it was a massive complaint among BF, uh, Battlefront 2 players is that, like, they never made any more maps. They never anything. And I, I think this is the reason why they didn't. It was like, they're like, yeah, well, we got another game to, like, fill that sort of small, yeah. you know, sector segment of, of the gaming population. So that's probably why they laid off it. But it's fun. But you, in, in Battlefront 2, you can play first person, but it's impossible. Especially, yeah. especially if you're in a TIE fighter, because... TIE fighters have zero, zero uh, perspective. You I mean, first of all, you have those two, you know, wings on the side, so you can't see to the side anyways. But then your, your, you know, your cockpit viewport, your, your window only faces forward. So to me, that's a, a massive, like, um, impairment for the, uh, for the Imperials. But if that's how they want to roll and they, you know, it looks like you can sort of turn a lot faster in TIE fighters yeah. in this game um, from what I've seen. So, that that just might be uh, the, how they solve that. Uh, but so that was the first thing. But and, and really, the second thing was just sort of like, well, I guess, you know, uh, Criterion did a great job, but this is definitely taking it up several levels. Um, and I do love the fact that, you know, you have the, the user interface is your controls. You really feel like you're in the Starfighter and um, and are, are blasting away. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, if it's anything like the old games from the 90s, which I think it it does seem to be paying a lot of homage to that, as I remember, the TIE fighters were faster, more maneuverable. And these games, and I, and I can see it on the screen, you rely heavily on reading your sensors when you're in a TIE fighter. So you don't need to see what's left or behind you because you can read it on your sensors. Okay. So you just get really good at, at reading yeah. your sensor, knowing that someone's behind you, jamming on the brakes and letting them fly past you and then just blasting them to bits. <laughs> Um, and it also is cool. They were talking about and showed a couple of examples where you can um, do like turning on a dime. Right. Yeah, which is right. something we see in the movies, which is a new that it was never part of the old games, mostly because I don't think the processors can handle something like that. Probably. Yeah. yeah very cool. Yeah. And, and talking about the maneuverability. Uh, it, it's it's very cool that they hyped drifting like you get like much like Poe does in the Last Jedi. I think the creative director at Motive hyped that you know you can drift in these starfighters. So that's going to be so cool. We actually see it in the gameplay trailer. You see a lot of those tie fighters, especially the interceptors, just drifting yeah. around all over the place. What I what really stood out to me was uh, the scope of the 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 space battles basically because yeah. in yeah. in Battlefront you get in these these massive space battles but you're constantly going out of bounds like yeah. it's just it's claustrophobic scope, yeah it just feels so cramped and I feel like they've really broadened that out and we have games like Elite Dangerous and Everspace coming out you know Elite Dangerous already out Everspace coming out they're really vast kind of open world you know Starfighter games it's like it's like I think Star Wars needs to up their game and also bring that scope to the the, the Starfighter battle yeah. simulation and the, yeah. the fleet the fleet battles. Um, that that's that's really cool. The scope of it all looks looks way bigger. I know it'd be so fun in Battlefront too. There's so many times like when you're fighting over Tatooine and you can see like a sand crawler in the distance or like mm -hmm. a Nubian cruiser parked out in like the flats and you just want to like fly out to it and fly over it. And it's like, why can't you do that? That would be mm -hmm. super fun. Yeah. Totally. But, yeah, but this seems uh, space space. It'd be cool if they actually had some in Atmo um, star fighting as well. We didn't see any of that, but um, that'd be that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, um, the question I had is they talked a bit about, you know, you have the single player and multiplayer modes. And what what I got the, the impression I got from 
their talk and and the gameplay trailer is that you have to play through a certain amount of the single player to open up the multiplayer map. Ooh, and trench run? <laughs> yeah, and it sounds like you have to play all four types of fighters before you're allowed to play multiplayer. And I, I like kind of like that. There's a little bit of like, do a bit of your homework. And I'm sure it's not long to do that. It probably takes you maybe 15, 30 minutes of gameplay. And I also like that the fact that you... Uh, in the single player game, you don't play as either the rebellion or the empire, or I should say a new republic or the empire. You switch back and forth on each level. Oh, cool. So you, so you get to play as everyone because, as Grant knows from talking about Red Dead Redemption, I have trouble playing black hat characters. I don't know why that is. I, I prefer to do that. And like, because you're and a now good that, person, Adam. Yeah, I just feel guilty about things, though I'll have to say in my Red Dead, I'm virtual. Now Virtual characters are yeah. too hard to kill for you. Yes, it's you. true. I actually feel guilty. I actually killed a dog in, in Red Dead Redemption, and I was like depressed. Monster day, <laughs> but um, I but I, as Grant would be happy to know, my character Red Dead is now fully evil, and now that I'm playing <laughs> afterwards because I had to get that to get 100 yeah. completion. Anyway, but I like that this game is a the the, the new Squadron games forces you to get familiar with both. So. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. And the customization, I think, I, just mm-hmm. shout out to the customization options. You're, you're able to customize your ship. You're able to customize your imperial, imperial pilot. You're able to customize your rebellion pilot. You can choose any species you want. You can choose the color of your starfighter. You can even yeah. get little <laughs> bobbleheads inside your cockpit, yeah. which is pretty, yes, pretty please. Yeah. What's your... Um, so they showed a bobblehead of an Ewok. Uh, what would be your, like favorite I mean, bobblehead to acquire if you could create your own bobblehead to put in your starship what would it be a baby uh, yoda for me i mean it's a that's an easy one yeah <laughs> i'm going full babu frick babu Fr- oh my god i just want babu frick in my car right i don't yeah, want to like he better just pop up and go hey hey every time <laughs> no, he's, he's, so good. he's like hey you guys shot down Wait, is it, isn't steven spielberg responsible for that moment where Babu Frick like pops up and like, yes. like I guess he had he had watched uh, the Rise yeah. of Skywalker. And and he's like, only... where's, where's Babu Frick? What happened to Babu Frick? Is his only question after <laughs> the, the Rise of Skywalker? Valid question. Yeah. Make movies. I did I did just speculate that the the tutorial will be the trench run, but I'm gonna take that back. It's probably the destruction, or I'm gonna guess again that it could be the destruction of the Death Star too. Yeah. Taking, yeah. taking that down. If yeah. if if it's anything like the i'm going to keep it i should start every sentence if anything like the 90s games there are um uh virtual training sessions and you can replay some of those battles and it'd be fun if they allow that here you could replay some of the the greatest hits of of battles and you could redo the trench run redo the second death star redo hoth or something like that yeah i love how high octane oh you go ben sorry i was just gonna say it'd be cool if you could be a wingman for lando and nine nub on the uh, second death star yeah or demolition run It'd yeah, be cool to totally. see the trench room from from like Wedge's point of view or something like that. Uh, I, or to me, I love all the high octane space battles in Star Wars, but there's something so pure and and and, and fun about the trench run and yeah. Luke yes. playing as Luke that like I, I I really hope that's in the game yeah. as just a kind of training thing or some kind of fun bonus mission. Yeah, it'd be fun to be Luke for a mission, you yeah. know. Like it, it, it's good. If, it, I love introducing new characters and they they look fantastic. There's a Trandoshan pilot, which is awesome. Nice pilot, a, yeah. a, a albino yeah. Trandoshan looks amazing. Um, but, I, you know, to, to be Wedge or um, Luke would be really cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's we did see Wedge in the... Um, that reminds me. There was another character. Wedge is in the first trailer. 
Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, it's, thank it's, you. I was like, it's driving me nuts. I'm like, we saw another legacy character, and I can't remember who it was, but it's Wedge. Um, and canon wise, I think in aftermath, I think are we know that Wedge is part of uh, Phoenix Squadron. Is it called Phoenix or Phantom Squadron? And he's kind of Phoenix. I think so. Yeah, he's but the spear he, tip for the New yeah. Republic's like kind of exploratory endeavors. But when we find him in aftermath, it's post Jakku, and I think this is going to be pre Jakku Battle okay. of Jakku. Yeah, right. I think so, so. Uh, yeah. what six years Jakku is what six years after because right, we see Ray Sloan pretty active in this trailer, yeah. so yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. pre Jakku for sure. Pre Jakku, uh, Battle of Jakku, as in the aftermath books. If you haven't read them, they're great. And then, um, because when we when we find Wedge in um, the first uh, aftermath book, uh, he is sort of he's a pedestrian, he's not. Oh, no, yeah. he's not, he is actually one of the. Key operatives, my bad. Phoenix Squadron, yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he was Phoenix Squadron when he was with Rebels. It's great that he sort of came up through the ranks with the that the Rebels um, right. recruited him, and that's where he came from. So that that opens the door to Hera, and you know, and, you know, relations with them, and who knows? I would love a Chopper cameo. That'd be great. <laughs> um, I'm just, yeah. I, I've probably mentioned this for the past month or two, but I'm rewatching Rebels, and it's fantastic. It's so much better than the first uh, watch through. Um, I, I don't know why, but I, I just love it. And it, it just really introduces you, introduces, reintroduces you to other characters in a more intimate way. And um, it's just fantastic. It's such a such a great show and does so yeah. many fun things in the Star Wars galaxy. Uh, but uh, yeah, so Wedge is great. Yeah. Uh, Mon Mothma, I'm sure we're going to get some of her. Yep. Um, and yeah, yeah it's interesting. even some Leia. Yeah, probably. Yeah, maybe Lake Lua, Lake Lake. We're gonna get some Lake. That'd be some Ricky Leia. Leia. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh boy. When we first saw like some marketing, some promotional material for this this game, I, I and they they dropped the word New Republic. I had thought that this was a kind of like further along after Return of the Jedi when after, yeah. during the rise of the New Republic, and then when I saw that the X wings were just still that 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 gray and and red kind of uh, color scheme, I was like, oh, I, this, I guess it's not. We're not. It's not during the time of the New Republic. It's just the rise of this the new formation. Republic. Yeah, the formation. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. for those of you that watched Resistance, that is full New Republic, um, which is several years mm-hmm. further down the line, very close to yeah. um, Force yeah. Awakens, whatnot. And they have these really cool blue and gold paint jobs. They've yeah. now like officially which like I will reconstruct so. in the customization options, which I will. I'm sure you'll yeah. be able to. Yeah, <laughs> that would be sweet. Uh, yeah. A couple yeah. other pieces of information we didn't hit on is that um, if you do play in uh, VR, there's the whole game is fully VR uh, capable, so you can play wow. the entire game yes. with your helmet, which wow. I'm sure will help with cockpit feature. maneuvering. Yeah, yeah that's pretty definitely. cool. And uh, cross-platform for the multiplayer, so you can what? play cross yeah, they that's cross platform. That. Yeah, they're talking about beforehand, so you can play Xbox, uh, PlayStation, PC, anything you're on, you can play uh, multiplayer, which is cool. That's awesome. I mean, that's the second title since Modern Warfare to be cross platform, right? Yeah, I think as far as so. I can go. So and that's it, that's yeah. a huge step forward for video game kind, right there. Yeah, and the game will have social hubs too, and so it might be. Yes, I, I imagine that you'll be able to walk around as your pilot and actually hang out with your friends, you know, as they're playing as their pilots and maybe hit a cantina together or something. That would be really, really cool. That would be really, to, really cool, yeah. I'll tip an episode of the podcast just in the in the cantina. <laughs> I think we should. 
Yeah. <laughs> but we've been threatening to do a YouTube channel for a while. And uh, yeah. yeah, that would be an interesting one. That would be um, oh, actually, since we're still in uh, sort of there's more than one game. Um, I uh, we we beta tested the last uh, two weeks uh, Twitch streaming um, and uh, I, I have to wait till tomorrow to rebrand my um, my character. But uh, I'm going to call it Core World News. So if um, you want to hop on and hang out and chat with us while we play uh, Battlefront 2 um, for the time being, and then ultimately we'll be playing this together later. Um, I'm yeah. streaming as Core World News. So. Um, check us out on uh, Twitch, and um, we'll be playing fairly regularly. I'm on quite a bit as I'm <laughs> still uh, less than employed. Um, so uh, yeah, check us out, Core World News, and uh, it, w- we've been doing it together, which has been fun. Yeah. So it's you, you get you know at least a couple of us, if not all of us, uh, playing at the same time. Yeah. Battlefront Two is still a, a blast to play uh, when the EA servers are up, which they weren't today. But um, yeah. It's it's uh, cool. So we, we're going to be on Twitch and that's another way to hang out with us. Um, we've we've been talking with uh, different people on uh, Discord lately, and that's been super fun. It's great to get some fresh voices in the mix and um, the more people, the merrier. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. so join us. It's basically an extension of our show. And it really you know, if you if you like to hear, you know, us talk about Star Wars or you like to you know, hear some fun Star Wars conversation or you want to hear some, you know, crazy tinfoil theories that we're a little looser on twitch so check us out there i'm sure (laughs) yeah Yeah, a lot a lot looser and uh yeah i mean it's just real it's a lot of fun and i'm so glad i downloaded it again i'm so glad i'm jumping back into the game because i haven't played it in a while and there's yeah it's just me too it's it's really it feels so full-bodied now like come a long way yeah Yeah. many new skins uh really really fun game modes i'm having fun just playing with you guys too because you know it never really was my game and i never got into it but having I feel like a Padawan. So having a, having a master there helps quite a bit where you can just yeah. be like, just Ben, tell me where to go and I'll go there and then I'll just run out and get killed. But I feel like I'm accomplishing something. <laughs> yeah. Adam and I basically uh, are zero kills and 20 deaths and yeah, match like I am number one. I am solidly in the 50th percentile of points every time I play. The game. There you go. There you go. Not last. Great. And I need to get better at sticking with you guys. I've been playing Lone Wolf for so long. I'm just like, oh, I've got to go do this. And, you know, when you're a hero, you got to keep moving well, or else you're going to die immediately. But uh, I'm, I'm going to get better, like, because together we are strong. And um, I'm, I'm not used to having such good uh, flankers on my side. You guys are better than you're giving yourselves credit you for. You also don't have to worry about it because every time I die, which is quite often, I just spawn directly on you. <laughs> and there's been a couple there times where I couldn't find you and I just ran into a couple of droids to be like, all right, kill me so I can spawn <laughs> on Ben. There you go. <laughs> um, back to squadrons for one second. Is there what, and I'll answer first to give you kind of an example. Is there one thing in particular that you're really looking forward to doing? And mine is using a Y-Wing to just carpet bomb an imperial star destroyer that is the one thing i cannot wait to do yeah Anything, uh, for uh, me it man i know this is kind of a cheap one but it, when i saw them sort of do like they drifted around the nose of a star destroyer yeah. it was like when always they were flying down the sort of side trench on a yep. star destroyer that was always like i don't know it just sung to my heart because you get the sense of scale of how big that ship is and um just being around those massive starships uh, makes me super happy and really feel like I'm in the galaxy. Yeah, I want to be able to, you know, sit idle with my starfighter. I want to be able to stop. <laughs> yeah, no, I just want to be able to stop. Yeah. 
Yes, I, I feel like that's a key gameplay, you know, feature that I haven't seen in a Star Wars game yeah. ever. And I want to be yeah. able to stop. It's kind of a taunt. It's kind of a misdirection. Yeah. It's kind of a here I am. It's it's a way to, yeah, it's a way to or, maybe distract the enemy team. Hide behind an asteroid. Yeah, exactly. Then, uh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh wow, yeah. To, to be able to cling or to, to yeah. dock on to an dock asteroid. dock on something yeah. and, like, yeah. yeah. Really cool. Play possum but, uh, for a minute. Yeah, I, think just, I think just, just yeah, make, get my Starfighter idle would be a really cool yeah. uh, gameplay feature. Very cool. Can I wait? And we don't have to wait that long. Couple yeah, few months, yeah. October second. I know it's just going to fly by, just like yeah. these last four months of quarantine have just yeah. flown by. Three months, sorry. <laughs> I was going to get really. I was going to say something really depressing, but I'll move on. I'll say the good news. Get ready is, for the surge. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Second wave, wave might not be so bad. Um, yeah, it'll be great for second wave. So, but but good news, better news is that it's also at a really good price point. I think it was forty dollars, is what they're saying. What? So yeah, because you know it's the kind of the lingering. It's the last days of the fourth generation stuff. So I remember that when it happened to PS3, you could get some really good games really cheap. So I think this one, the price point is forty bucks. I'm sure there'll be a gold or whatever edition for more. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really pleased about that too. I thought for sure this was going to be a fifth generation game, and we'd have to wait another six months or whatever. And I'm I'm so glad they squeezed it in. I mean, come on. Yeah, I was really this would be great. Yeah. I just up front, there's no way I'm going to be buying a fifth generation straight out of the gate at that point in my life. So so I was like, I saw that. I'm like, well, here we go. So great. It's gonna be fun doing this podcast, listening to you guys talk about the game. Be like, "Eh, cool. Can I watch some videos? Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be a little Adam coming soon for those that don't know. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, he's going to have his hands full there. But um, Mm -hmm. we have a lot of practice. doing our hollow feed remotely um so um we'll, we'll be in good shape and i'm yeah, sure we'll, see. we'll really test the see if the yeah. microphone picks up a screaming baby <laughs> sternborn uh. squadron <laughs> oh that made me all tingly inside <laughs> Welcome to Reading Ratar. We're going to talk about Queen's Peril uh, in a moment, delve uh, delve deeply into that. But before that, let's talk a bit about, uh, from a certain point of view, The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, we talked about the announcement, I think, last week. Yeah. And uh, just a couple days ago, they revealed some more information. They they did a list of the authors, all, all 40 authors, and they talked about six of the stories. It kind of gave the byline for six of the stories in there. Uh, don't worry, I'm not going to sit here and read off uh, 40 names, but oh, I will say... That I kind of wanted to hear them. Do you want to do I can do it real quick. How fast can you do it? Not Super that fast. I'm doing this I, for the first time right now. So I'm I yeah, names. Same. Did run through it really fast. Okay. It's for America and the right. world beyond and Spain, definitely. All right. Full disclosure, the first six are not in alphabetical order. In and Japan. They're and in alphabetical order. All right. In Australia. Austin Walker, Hank Green, Tracy Dion, Martha Wells, Mars, Mark Oshio, Seth Dickinson, Tom Angelberger, uh, and oh come on. S. A. Charapati. Adam Christopher. Zoraida Cordova, Della Dawson, Alexander Freed, Jason Fry, Christian Golden, Rob Hart, E.K. Johnston, Lydia Kang, Michael Kogue, uh, R.F. Quang, C.B. Lee, Mackenzie Lee, uh, John Jackson Miller, Michael Mor- uh, Morsi, uh, Daniel Jose Old, Alder, Amy Ratcliffe, yep, uh, Beth Revis, 
uh, Liam Riviera, Kevin Scott, Emily uh, Skirsty, uh, Karen Strong, and Tool, Catherine M. Valente, uh, Django Wexler, uh, Kristen White, Gary Witta, Brittany N. Williams, Charles Yu, and Jim Zub. Wow. Nice. So we have a lot of the mainstays, the core that have already done a lot of the canon work there, and some new people. I mean, I, I really feel like Lucasfilm is like, is, they did the same thing in The Mandalorian. It's like, we're going to give you an opportunity to audition for Star Wars. Let's see what you got. And and this is it. And they like, they're letting them do it in real releases. You know, these are, you know, small vignettes and stuff. And just like, yeah, be yourself. Find yourself. Do what you're doing. Um, be in the Star Wars universe. Let's see what you got. And then, I mean, hopefully they include all of these authors in the future. And they all do, like, you know, have their own yeah. part to play in, um, in, the, in the Star Wars galaxy um, soon. And I know that was their goal. Their goal was to have as little uh, replication from the first book as to this book. They, they, for that reason, they want to showcase diverse voices. And I think kind of they always have that stable of writers, right, that they're going to fall yeah. back to to, to uh, tell us. Right. Because when you listed all those names, I didn't hear some of the mainstay authors. Like I didn't hear Claudia Gray or Charles Sewell or Jason Fry. Or, oh, yeah. Are they, are they on that? Lucino uh, or Wendy. Jason Fry was there. OK. All right. Maybe. Um, yeah, Jason Fry, but all the other ones, no. There's but a Anyways, lot I there. love yeah. that they're bringing these new voices into yeah. the mix. Yeah. Like, that is so exciting. I can't yeah. wait to hear everyone's kind of take and their interesting and their pro and hear and read their pros. And I'm very excited for all that stuff. Um, let's do you have some of those stories in front of you? Any yeah. kind of like teases for what they're gonna so be? Writing? They've teased out six stories so far out of the 40, and um, already amazing. And I will say, not to pat ourselves on our back, that we Go called ahead. some of Granted, there are 40 stories, so it's kind of not surprising that they're covering some of these. How but... many did we call and who called them specifically? Because I want some credit. In this. <laughs> I, I I don't have that information, <laughs> uh, but we can, we'll, we'll go through and figure out who called it. Um, this one I called. <laughs> Just Austin Walker. <laughs> I see you tally those. All right. No, well, I'm okay. mad that I called this one. Austin Walker explores the unlikely partnership of bounty hunters Dengar and IG-88 as they pursue Han Solo. Dengar. I, yeah, we actually got a shout out uh, on Twitter about this because uh, we have a long and storied relationship with Dengar on this podcast. If you haven't been listening, uh, <laughs> like, we, like, him, we like hate him and we love him again. From me to be like, we. Yeah. No, Adam hates <laughs> the Dengar. royal wish. Well, we all have a relationship with Dengar. Some of our relationships are positive, like mine, and um, some of them are less than positive. But uh, some would think of as a lesser mummy, like Adam. But, you know, if anyone can make us love Dengar again, it's Austin Walker. He's this, he's a brilliant games journalist. He does a yeah. brilliant podcast uh, called Waypoint. And uh, I think he works for, uh, for Vice Gaming and things like that. And uh, just he, all, all his articles are just just above and beyond just next level gaming articles where he really gets into the heart of gaming and the themes in each game and really dissects them beautifully. And so I'm sure this story is going to be incredible. I'm going to enjoy it. I, you know, I, I love to hate Dengar, right? Like I will <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's anything. It's a love hate. It's a love hate. It's a love hate. And, and at the end of the day, um, it was weird to see literally my least favorite bounty hunter paired with my favorite bounty hunter as a kid in a story. And then I was just like, ugh. and then I'm like, actually that's kind of perfect, but they better make Dengar the foil like they did in that bounty hunters, uh, uh, comic, right? Like that's my, that's, that's, that to me is the story is that Dengar is the one completely messing up the entire time and ig88 would have 100 percent caught han solo if it wasn't for dengar that's the story i want yeah i mean yeah i mean that's what I'm, i see too i feel like 
I, Dengar is going to be is IG eighty eight is going to carry Dengar in whatever mission they're doing, right? Like, yeah. I, I imagine because I, in the comics we've read recently and some of the stories we've read about Dengar, he seems like he's kind of a he's kind of a, a, a trickster, and he he likes to betray he betrays people, and yeah. he's kind of he's he's a he's yeah he's a ne'er do well. Yes. All right, and then we have Hank Green who uh, chronicles the life of a naturalist caring for Todtons on the frozen world of Hoth. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. Okay. There we go. So, so, sir. Oh, wow. That's interesting because I always felt like these these stories always always had to feature at least a character that was seen on screen at some point. I'm no, sure because, but, um, but I think if you look at Empire, there is a guy in the background yeah. Oh, yeah. who is feeding the Tauntauns. Like I'm almost sense. certain. Oh no, he's the guy who takes the 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 the, the reins thought. from Han Solo. So Han yeah, Solo yeah. gets off, and there's a guy right there. Most times they do, but in from from a certain point of view, they had a. They remember they had the Yoda story. Um, they had a a Soka story. They had a Lando story. So that's they right. do have stories of characters that are on screen. Okay, but it's, generally it's probably the guy that says uh, your Tauntaun will freeze before the first marker. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah that's like, how the story like, ends. I'll see you in hell, and he's right. like, oh, es- establishing that there is a hell and heaven yeah. in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But there's I mean, part, there's yeah, part more to probably that guy being like, too. I never liked Han Solo anyways. Guy's a quitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have Tracy Dion, who delves into the dark heart of the Dagobah cave where Luke confronts a terrifying vision. Oh, is it going to be a snake perspective or something? Give me a while. Oh, yeah. I like that. Totally. I hope they don't like divulge anything about the history of that cave because I feel like. <laughs> what? Why, Grant? Like, why is that, Grant? There's straight lines in that cave. Like there are some like right. There are some angles in there that look like someone built something at some point. Um, That's cool. What else we have? (laughs) It's like Uh, that one. We have Martha Wells, who reveals the world of the Ugnot clan, uh, clans who dwell in the depths of Cloud City. Yes. Inverse has already lost their minds about this being like they're going to connect it. And Queel is going to be one of the guys that was in that place that froze Han and Carbonite like they're oh, always tries yeah. to like have condense the galaxy and yeah oh, I mean yes always. that's probably going to happen <laughs> um uh, then Mark uh Oshiro recounts the Wampa's tale of uh tragic tale of lost and survival this is one uh, I think I think yeah. Ben maybe you call no, it no, I, I said, this, this, Grant? I said yeah. this last week yeah oh one of us Ben you think you said Ognots or was that also Grant I said Ugnaughts, and I said... It's Grant. <laughs> you you I, have I, a habit of giving me credit for stuff that Grant said. Keep it coming. I, I, knew, I, knew I knew a lot of authors would gravitate towards the creatures in Empire, because Empire yeah. has some fantastic creatures. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then Seth Dickinson interrogates the cost of serving a ruthless empire aboard the bridges of a doomed Imperial starship. Nice. Yeah. I always like those. Yeah. The, like Just like one of the guys in the pits that are like comm officers or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that are just bearing witness to what's going on. I like that a lot. What wasn't in here, which Ben, I knew you you did say, which is the uh, is it the the Exogorth? Is there a story from the perspective of the Exogorth? <laughs> that was me as well. That oh, was also Grant. I went. I told you. What I brought up every creature. <laughs> I said something valuable that I cannot remember right now. 
I feel like I thought I was the Wampa guy, but maybe I wasn't. I don't know. How did Ben not go Exegorth? He's the Exegorth guy. Now, that was definitely like Grant. internal monologue of an Exegorth. That's all I want. That's yeah. really it. That's like that's like the one. I'm, I'm the one that shouted it second. That was like that's a great idea. That's yeah, you. Yeah, you were there. You were right. You were right there, there with me. Yep. it. All right. Cool. <laughs> I think I was a Dengar guy. I think I said was well, I. Well, then I said nothing. I don't know. <laughs> Now I'm taking your ideas. Yeah. Trust me. I said something awesome. Just go to the tape. It's there. All right. Um, Anyway, cannot wait. Uh, November 10th, I believe we're getting it. And we, I kind of hope this is the only reveal. I I like that. They teased us with six stories. Right. Don't want to hear anymore. Just give us the authors and I'll just, it'll be a nice little surprise. I'm reading through the book. Yeah. Yeah. I really don't want to get teased on this anymore because these stories are really like looking back on the first book. uh, All those stories are just so special to me. Like just reading through each one and, and not knowing anything about them. That was, that was the best. Yeah. I think if anyone's read um, the first book, you can't not read the second one um, because it is just so fascinating. So they, you already know what you're getting there. I really, again, last week I said this too. It, it, I thought it was a novelty. It's not. They're fantastic, important, uh, illuminating stories uh, for the galaxy. So it's going to be awesome. I can't wait for 19 years from now when we get Phantom Menace. <laughs> point of view. Yeah. I was thinking about Dark that today. I watched, I watched Phantom Menace speed. today, guys. I, yeah. Uh, in preparation of our, our next part here. Um, and I, I, I think it, uh, even though I already on our Discord service labeled all of the movies number one, I, I, <laughs> I stick to that. But I, it might jump um, a couple of steps up because uh, Phantom Menace, man, it's a great yeah. movie. I love that movie so much. I have so many great associative mo- uh, like just like memories with that because it had yeah. been so long since we had a movie and, and just like Lucas's boldness and these characters. I love Jar Jar. I thought he was fantastic. Like his, he's a foil and he does these interesting things and he's funny and he, he creates levity. And it's like, I don't know. I, there's just so much good stuff in there. And the boldness of like the, the pod race. Uh, anyway, the pod race is amazing. I feel like yeah. also, I feel like that's, it was super dismissive because I chose one thing you said and like, that was amazing. And the rest is garbage. No, I <laughs> no, actually, really, I know. I really, I was just, I didn't want it to come across that way. I really like that movie as well. I, um, it's just so much fun. Well, the, the thing that makes it better is like, it just, when you go at it, you know, blind, like with, with no frame of reference, you got nothing, right. you have no idea what you're going to look at. This is just naked star Wars, brand new stuff. It's so bold and it's so different. Uh, from what we'd seen before. But like in a lot of ways, it's like w- what happened when you saw A New Hope and then you saw Empire Strikes Back. It's like, boom, a- a exponential growth of the galaxy. Yeah. And and I mean, this is logarithmic growth of the gal- galaxy when you suddenly jump to this early, you know, 20 years prior to the original trilogy. And um, he did it in such a really bold, interesting way. Um, and and it, it just set the stage for this really intricate story and it's just vibrant and amazing. I, I just can't gush enough about about Phantom Menace. Yeah. I, I just I, I love it. We I did love our it. yeah. We did the, we did our Hidden Fortress episode not uh, not too long ago, and I think we found that there were more parallels mm. with Hidden Fortress yeah. and the Phantom Menace than A New Hope. Right. And I I can't say this enough, but Queen Amidala, the character of Queen Amidala, was probably the most compelling and 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 just visually interesting character I had seen in a Star Wars film since Darth Vader. Like I thought right, Queen yeah. Amidala was so interesting, had so much gravitas, her voice, uh Natalie voice. Portman just knocking out of the park. 
Uh, I, I especially like the Phantom Menace. And Kira Knightley. Of, Don't forget about Kira right. Knightley. And Kira Knightley. Yeah. And, and, and knocking out of the, the park, uh, the performances uh, for Padme in both, I think, um, the, uh, the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones in terms of like how active she is. Like she, yeah. she is such an active yeah. element to the story. And, uh, and, and this, yeah, and I really, really liked those two films, uh, mainly for her character. And, um, and I'm also a huge Qui-Gon fan. Like Qui-Gon Jinn might oh. be my all time favorite Jedi character. Like, and I'm a big fan of Yoda. I'm a big fan of Obi-Wan. I love Luke Skywalker. I love Ray. I love yeah. all, all these Jedi characters, but Qui-Gon Jinn, there's something really just unique about that character. It's almost yes. like this through line to the force that like almost nobody had, which was really, really beautiful. Right. Yeah. Qui-Gon to me speaks truth. Does that make right. sense? Like he he and I mean, I don't know how to say this. <laughs> Truth's of power. Truth's power. And it's also kind of good that he died in that movie and we didn't have to see his force ghost and we didn't have to get anything. Like we get pure Qui-Gon. We get one yeah, right. moment with this character. And so he's never I don't spoil is the wrong word, but right, never never overused, never overexplored, can't contradict himself because of that, right? So Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, what we got since then in canon now is like all these other media that um enhance phantom menace and and that definitely enhances experience and um i mean there was master and apprentice and uh dooku jedi lost and i mean all the clone wars animated series like all these things really bolstered that and they really filled in a lot of the gaps if you're just a layman watching this or just the first time we're watching it um and and made it a, a much more risk rich tapestry and gave you all these other things to pick up on. I mean, they really explain to you what George Lucas was thinking through these other media that surrounds it. And, and no exception is Queen's Peril, which we're about to review right now um, with a spoiler filled review. Um, so this is E.K. Johnson's uh, second installment on Queen Amidala, correct? That's right. Yes. And, uh, but the other one was uh, but this is her third book uh, in total. I believe she did Ahsoka, Queen's Shadow, now yes. Queen's Peril. Yeah. Right. Queen Shadow. And so Queen Shadow was when was later when she was be, uh, taking on the mantle of senator. And right. this is her becoming queen. So this is kind of a prequel to that um, episode that um, she did. And uh, this I, I liked Queen Shadow a lot. Um, I like this one way more because, as we talked about last week, I love a fantastic ensemble. And this is the ensemble building of uh Queen Amidala's, uh, Padme Nabari's. Um, this is her ensemble that she's building with yeah. her handmaidens. Um, and, and actually not just her, but we Panaka learned that Quarsh well. Panaka, yeah, was, had a, yeah. a heavy hand in putting these really diverse traits around uh, Padme. And it was a really fun read. Essentially yeah. the formation of the handmaidens in this book mm -hmm. early on. And yeah, Quarsh Panaka had a, a great deal in, in finding uh, specific members uh yeah and so much illuminated about panaka in this book uh yeah his home life his wife and his wife mariak right too, yeah. is a huge part in this and i i saw her today when i watched the 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 movie again she's in the throne room when they the oh. invasion happens mm. um, but she's there um which nice. is cool and there's a lot of yeah mariak actually holds a higher position she's more security forces for um for other delegates and and um, in, in within the Senate, so I guess more the legislative branch, whereas uh, uh, Quarsh is with the you know monarch branch. Yeah, I yeah I feel similarly. I think I think Johnson has a really 
great. She could tap into all of these voices in such a great way. She writes. And one thing we haven't mentioned is that there's a lot of like interstitial um, moments and chapters that deal with like (laughs) every single character in the prequel trilogy. Like (laughs) it's kind of amazing. I think she nails those voices spot on. I love her writing of Maul. I really enjoy Like she gave so much depth to that character who is super cool in the Phantom Menace, but to be honest has like one line and doesn't have much depth. He's just, he's just anger and hate. But there is some fun insight she gives to Maul where he goes, oh, yeah. he's like, I, he's like, you know, I'm so tortured and damaged. And uh, why didn't the Jedi come to yeah. save me or find me? Yeah. And then that's beautiful because it's a beautiful, like, uh, kind of yeah. uh, uh, synergy with some of the, the comics we read recently, the Age of uh, Republic comics, uh, I think by Jody Hauser, where the Maul issue is all about him, you know, daydreaming about being a Jedi or whatever. And I was yeah. like, Wow, there's like some there's there's a lot of really interesting angles with Darth Maul as a character, yeah. and I think E.K. Johnson just kind of elaborated yeah. that in, in so a beautiful I, way. Yeah, I love that too. That was a fantastic yeah. new dimension, or not even new, but um, great dimension there. Yeah, it was cool. That that's great. that's under under you, you know. What you is like. that like chapter six? It just randomly happens. Too. Yeah, it's like chapter there's six, moments. Maul. Yeah, like, that what? are there, and then and you so, just realize, oh, we're gonna get check in with all these characters. Yeah. She like, writes Palpatine better than most people. Like, I really dig her writing a Palpatine. I mean, let me look at this. Like, so chapter one, there's a line. Then it, she hits she hits it right in chapter one. Soon enough, he would step into the spotlight and his colleagues would see that the blandness, see that blandness drop away. But that would also be an act. No one ever saw his true face. The pure anger that burned in him. They yeah. might someday. Like, I just like, oh, I will. love scheming Palpatine in this book. Yeah. Like, you just see yeah. him trying everything falling into place. But we also get a bit of a fake it till he makes it where you can actually oh, see yeah. his plan's not working, but him quickly figuring out how he can make that to his advantage. Right. His advantage. Yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, he fully thought she was going to sign this treaty also, and mm-hmm. it was going to be a, you know, cakewalk, and it didn't work out the way he planned at all. I mean, this is great. If you've ever had a trouble figuring out what the, 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 motivation and scheme is in a, a return or in a phantom menace which sometimes can be a bit like wait who's doing what now? yeah this is a great book for that because you get the you get the inner monologue of like okay and it, it's pretty straightforward and i think you know to me this book works best when she's writing um next door to the phantom menace um, yeah, I love the prequel part of Phantom Menace. It felt to me like I was watching the Rogue One of the Phantom or reading the yeah. Rogue One of Phantom Menace for the first half of the book. And the second half of the book overlaps with the Phantom Menace. Right. And I kept finding myself falling a bit out of the book, trying to check kind of like, where are we with the Phantom <laughs> right. Menace? And when it was telling like what was happening on the other planets, <laughs> I was kind of like, OK, cool. But my favorite part of that part was when we were in on Naboo in the camps, in the internal yeah. camps. Yep. Like to me, that is something that's always been missing. Camp four. Camp four about like what was it? Like the Naboo people were not doing well during this because it's not told through through visual storytelling very well in the Phantom Menace because everything looks still pristine when they come back. You don't know that everyone's in camps, yeah. right? right? And so I really appreciate and living that. on rations. Like, yeah. 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 It, it really, it, because he's like, our people are starving. And it was sort of like, wait, what? In uh, right. the Phantom Menace, but now it sort of explains there was a snafu, and it, it really, you know, shows wh- why they were starving and what were the agricultural concerns of Naboo, which are things that I love. Um, yeah. In you know, uh, just just prior to the Phantom Menace, so pretty cool. I um I did have I have one question for you guys, and I don't know the answer to it. Please don't. To- 
ask if it's a question about that requires me to, to figure out a name of any of the handmaidens. Because <laughs> that's going to be hard. <laughs> well, it does involve yeah, two handmaidens. So in in the beginning of the book, oh, yeah. Sanche, the youngest one, and Yabe can't be put together. They don't want to stay in the same room. Yeah. Why? I, I missed it. I didn't catch it. And I, I knew it when it was happening. I'm like, pay attention, Adam. They're going to explain this. And, and they never I, really did. I think I missed it. I think it's there. I, there's a lot of subtlety in this book yeah. about relationships. And I really appreciate that. And I think dumb animal brain Adam reading this at like 11 o'clock at night just was just like plot, 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 plot. Give me the plot. Right. And I missed the the kind of the interpersonal mechanics with that. You know, I think it's in there. I think I missed it. An hour ago, I was like. Jenny, my wife, I was like, I wish you read this. She's a voracious reader, like yeah. way, way bigger reader than I yeah. am. And I was just like, I just wish we had you on this just to get your perspective, because I'm sure there's something I missed there. The only thing I can say is that like they so they have these flashback um, chapters where and they do it in italics. So, you know, it's a flashback. Um, but it's it's uh, Korsh Panaka re- recruiting all of these girls Um to be there. And the last one is Sanche, which is the youngest one. She sort of doesn't, she's the, the oddball. She's the, she's the, um, Toshiro Mifune, um, of yeah. seven samurai of this group, but like for opposite reasons, she's brilliant. And, and it's like, it's her getting recruited and he's there to recruit one of the, um, set builders for a play. They're all artists really. Yeah, um, but Asabe is a musician, right? Um, yeah. Erte is a, uh, weaver, Weaver, yeah, uh, yeah Matt. Rabe is your scoundrel. I, I never yeah, knew scoundrel Robbie's, was a was and a. Panaka found Rabe as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. He found all of them. I mean, yeah, he, he found he all of them all out. Um, and, and but I think Yane was a set builder, and he was there to recruit her. She's the blonde one, the only blonde one. But he st- literally tripped over Sanche, um, who is there. And I, maybe that's it because like maybe they knew each other. I think Sanche was involved in the um in the in that theatrical production but she was like further down right. the totem pole and sort of like she just sort of she hustled her way into that group um because it became clear that there was no chance meeting there she made that chance meeting and sort of mm-hmm. convinced quarsh to invite her along um because she she picked him out from a country mile um the youngest one and, and the more tor- most tortured that's all i can think is that like they had a history before um, during that theatrical production that, you know, they she she felt uncomfortable around. But I don't know, that crowned my gears that they didn't have a moment like, ex, you know, expounding on why they had like that friction starting off. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of really interesting kind of like inner inner monologuing and then pleasantries and then transgressing and then apologizing and they just the 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 twists and turns of the relationship between the handmaidens and Padme and Panaka. And like, uh, I really, really love how EK Johnson handles kind of relationships in this yes. book. Yeah. Uh, she does a beautiful job. Yeah. And, and I will, I will add, I'm sorry. I just want nope, to, to, to finish that point. It's just like, if any of you listening to this right now, help us. Like if you know why there was that friction, <laughs> please <laughs> reach out and, and answer this. It's I there. I know I missed it. I feel like I also, saw it read it happening the explanation for it and just did not like did, did not store it in in because i was like it's like on the tip of my tongue yeah, um it's a short read i crushed it in it's like, very quick you know, yeah two and a half hours or something like that it was it was fast um 
And I want to talk about, so you kind of mentioned E.K. Johnston and kind of what she's good at. And there's a couple of things that are, are, are I want to say momentous is the wrong word, but like new to Star Wars. And it's like real talk here for a second. She talks about menstruation and periods in this book. Yeah. <laughs> and I really appreciate that. And then in her acknowledgments. And suppression. And suppressions, right? Well, and birth control. Yeah. In this, in at the acknowledgments at the very end, she says, for that scene where we made sure someone's going to have to add a menstruation page to Wikipedia. That's in her acknowledgments. That she's <laughs> like, so now that's a Wikipedia page, which I love. It's also the first time I've read a straight-up swear in a Star Wars novel. Did any of you catch that? They address, they dropped the, again, as an adult in the real world, I would say so this word. Oh, no, yes. it's the F word. Yes, which, again, yes. try not to get an E rating. That's the only reason right, I'm not right, right, saying yeah. it. I, I say that word probably 30 times well, a day. Well, just like... I feel like it's such a bad idea to have a blood center because at that point, the person's already been like lacerated. Like the, that person's already injured at that point. Like, I don't yeah. what a ridiculous way to defend someone. Listen, <laughs> it, take yeah. quarks, okay? When they bleed, I'll come in the room. I'll help them when they start bleeding. All right. I'm not going to come. A, that was very much because the way they handled it <laughs> yeah. with that mayor coming in and dealing with it, it was very much a men moment, yeah. which I totally agree with. I was like, that was that was the moment that made me laugh the most because I'm like, that's so true of just dummy not thinking about Pana- putting Panaka a just looks at the camera like, in a young more. Bunch Yeah, <laughs> bunch of teenage girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But again, um, just really, it was really neat to see that in the Star Wars movie, uh, Star Wars book. Anytime they acknowledge yeah. the realistic stuff, I, I really like it. Yeah, there's so yeah. many layers to the galaxy that we still don't know, and any and whenever you know, that's a huge cross section in our society where we that's that's in the conversation all the time and. We don't know anything about that in the Star Wars galaxy. So yeah. I, I think kudos to E.K. Johnson for expanding, you know, in every way that she did in this novel. But um, back to those interstitial yeah. chapters, we get some Anakin and Shmi in this book. Yeah. yeah. That literally, literally wrenched, wrenched, literally wrenched my heart yeah. out. Like, yeah. it, like there's a line. I, I, I didn't write down. Any, I don't have my notes in front of me, but there's a line in there. I think Shmi goes, if I ever started screaming. Like I would never stop or something like yeah. that, and I was just like, oh, I was like, yeah, it just it destroyed me. Uh, that was really really uh, powerful stuff. So, so, I'm just going to I'm going to read, um, and I think this is probably right around there, Grant, and I don't have that line. Yeah, I like that line, but this is Anakin's quote. Uh, they're just going to have to put me out while my while the back to knits my femur, he chirped. like no, Femurs, plural. Femurs, yes. Uh, he chirped. He <laughs> lifted the covers and saw that both his legs were twisted, that at least Wado would have to. <laughs> yeah. have, like, what? Like, this, no yeah. wonder this kid turned out to be, like, the like the killer of everyone. Like, turn into Darth Vader. Like, the, the little kid gets his legs mangled. He's like, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine, yeah. No, he's, he Does he say, like, back and, the injections to, like, the joints or something like that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah no, and, and I mean, it's uh, in, in the real world, your femur is the, your most painful bone to break. Mm-hmm. And he broke both of them and he's like, no big deal. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, man. Anakin, uh, tough guy, but it makes sense. He's like, you know what? This, uh, you know, animatronic suit isn't so bad after all. Yeah. So we get a lot of like trade proposals and, and like delegations and, and things like that in this book. Yeah. Like there's heavy politics in this book mm-hmm. and it, it's more fun than I think Queen Shadow was because it's it's a queen. It's 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 a little bit different than a senator role, and yeah. uh, she's she's you know she's fighting for her entire planet. It's it's really really admirable and 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 fun. It, it was a character again. I, I I said this earlier in the podcast. I love the character of Queen Amidala specifically, and so I just I love this book. Yeah, yeah. 
I love now, the creation of all of their hand signals and how mm-hmm. they develop the voice and like, you know, because they they talked about it a lot in Queen Shadow, but it was like it was just already there and it was established. You know, like okay, cool. But the development of it was super exciting to me. It's it felt so fun, like yeah. to be in that room and like they knew they were a small team of experts. I was surprised at how fast friends they were. I, I kind of thought that Sanchez or Yabe was going to get kicked out of the group. I, I kind of hoped there was one bad apple that they were like, you know what, you're not going to fit. And they had to like deal with getting rid of one or something yeah. another one. I thought that would have been fun, but they didn't do that. They, they were all fast friends. But still, that development was super fun. Like They're like, this mm-hmm. is our dialect. These are our code words. You know, they, let's, you know, to pass the time, and especially if you've ever been in quarantine. I don't know any of you out there. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. they're, they're like, let's trade skills and teach each other things. Yeah, and, um, it, it resonated and, and it just it was so fun. I thought that was a, that was a great ride. And I, I really, yeah. I really appreciated it on this one. And if you ever had a question why there were two blasters in the, the throne, in the throne. Yeah. Don't worry. It's answered. <laughs> it's it's answered. answered. Like one blaster is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they I stashed I, blasters uh, all over the place, though. I think do. there's a couple times in the book where they talk about stashed weapons. I, I, Ben, I, I, I appreciate that, too, how much they kind of got together and they shared skills. And then there was a little friction between uh, Padme and is it Sabe, I think. Sabe, yeah. Her Sabe. Was, and uh, I appreciated how that was handled in the book, where it was just like they actually... You know me. One of my f- least favorite things in a TV show or a movie is when there's a where there's a misunderstanding. When all it would take is for two people to have a simple conversation. Right. Where I literally have yelled, "Carly, you're sick of me yelling at the TV." Mm-hmm. Like I won't yell, blow out the thing, but I just yell the word "talk." Just like, talk. All, just talk. Just talk. Just like, yeah. as humans do. Use your words. Out. Yes, we 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 get in arguments. People get in arguments. They don't understand each other. But like, wait, 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 yeah. So during the tent scene in The Last Jedi, you're not screaming, talk to the kids? Yes, I am. <laughs> I 100 that's what I hate I'm doing. That. No, I, I hate that as well. That drives me nuts. That's why I don't want the longer scene. That's why, because they go fast and it moves past yeah. it. Because, yes, if they, yeah. if they, if it was, if it turned into, like, that's one of my favorite, this fa- un- least favorite things in TV where it leads an hour show where literally if they just had the conversation, it would have negated the entire hour. Right. Grant just wants to talk to young Hitler and convince him to be a good person. I'm sure that'll work out great. Yeah, um, <laughs> he, he so, may have committed hey, genocide. Just talk to Stalin and be like, "Don't be bad. You'll be great." Talk <laughs> okay. to young Trump and be like, "Hey, don't be such a uh, well, yeah. pile." Of, I, may, a, I may have like I may have taken that route. That sentence is like, "Don't be such a everything that's horrible." <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, so what I was going to say about about this book is I appreciate that they talked. They weren't a hundred percent right. Like it didn't solve it but they at least addressed what the issue was right. and then they processed it over like multiple days where I'm like, Oh right. my God, yeah. that's like how life works. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful conversations where they're, they come to an understanding with each other. Uh, often with Padme and Panaka, this happens where they're, they're, you know, they're, they're in dis- a disagreement and then they, they talk it out and then yeah. there's respect uh, that's reciprocated at the end. And it, I was like, yeah. I was like, Oh, this is, this is great. This is this is actually we're actually getting things done via dialogue and conversation, yeah. not just like, you know. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I think the the scene you're talking about, there's one where so uh, Sabe is being the queen. But so that means that Padme has to be Sabe, essentially. And she gets confronted by the love interest of of, of Sabe, the, you know, delegate Holly, I think is her name. Harley. Or, Harley. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And my memory. um, Right. And she was looking for romantic goodbye. But I think they that EK handled that perfectly. It's like the the plane hit the mountain. Like it wasn't like there was no like, oh, well, I'll just kiss her. Like, that's not the answer. Right. It's like, you don't don't let yourself get, you know, essentially raped because, you you know, for the better good. That's not what it's about. It's like, you know, it's like, well, I have to, you know, say true to what I'm doing. And and everything went terribly wrong, you know, and they both knew they're like, yes, this is not the way that either of us wanted this to turn out, but um, this is the way it went. And then they, they actually dealed with a problem yeah. with with reasoning and, and cool heads and, and figured it out. It was a well-written dilemma for something that seems like a, from a sitcom. And I don't mean that in derogatory terms, but like this to idea all of like, sitcoms. Yeah, no, to, to E.K. Johnston. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, all sitcoms are. I, sitcoms. Oh, I totally get that sitcom, situation. Sitcom reference right? though, because I thought yeah, Johnson got it right. You know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I love the fact that like it's such a great dilemma because you're right. Like Padme, how else could she have handled that? She can't admit she's she's the queen. She can't reciprocate the emotions because it's weird to do that. You'd be kissing your friends. Yeah. yeah. You know, and also kissing your friends paramour would be not great either, right? Like, right. but then Sabe, of course, is upset because this ruins like this. Like, it's such a great. It was such right. a great dilemma where I'm like, is I don't. Is this at the? Is this at the concert? Like the concert. Af- no, it's or after that. No, it's it's after it. It's their last meeting. Their last. Oh, okay. That's right. And yeah, Sabe wasn't there, quote unquote, because Sabe was the queen. And um, right. for reasons, I forget why she had to be the queen there. But um, yeah, and Padme got called off on a page mission, which she was like, well, I guess I got to do this anyways. Like, this is important, too. And then then they they confront each other. Yeah, uh, uh, she navigates so many characters in this story. So I don't think the, the sitcom reference isn't off base because I think you're looking at a formula that's not just like ABC, you know, sitcom characters, it's ABC, D, E, F, G. Like there's yeah. so many characters bouncing off each other, navigating all those emotions and feelings. And uh, I think E.K. Johnson just nails it. And the weird situation of having people dress up like each other and pretend to yeah. be each other yeah. is handled in a way that feels real for something that is such a yeah. weird thing. Yeah, and it's very intimate. Like we get into those those scenes where they are dressing up and they're and they're changing roles, and it's uh, I think that's that's the most fun I think in these books is to get into those scenes and to see them kind of shape shift, to see yeah. these characters shape shift all together. It's really cool. <laughs> Did you notice the subtle takedown of Obi Wan? In this book, <laughs> no, please elaborate. All right, yeah, I'm scrolling uh, I through my notes, and I love this because remember in the Phantom Menace, and Ben, you can verify this when when they're on Tatooine and they get the call from Sue Bibble. Just had to drop in Sue. Um, and and it's like we're starving, our people are yada 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 yada. And Obi Wan says goal is catastrophic. It's catastrophic. <laughs> and and so Obi Wan says it's a trick. Said no reply. Right? Remember he says that, and he leaves yeah. the door, and the door is behind. And then it's well, of course it's a trick. Rabbi said explosively. Does he think we're idiots? He thinks we're hiding <laughs> from him. Etri said, and he's great. Like like I love that. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, Obi Wan was. Oh, it's a, a, a bad prescription for Anakin. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's yeah. kind of where I've left Star Wars at this point. I'm like, man, he I, was. Oh, Qui Gon would have Qui Gon would have been the father Anakin needed. Obi Wan was a Shakespearean dandy foil that it kind of is always I don't know like second guessing Anakin and, and treating him uh, yeah. less than. Yeah, he was he was more of a brother. I mean, so we've been talking a lot about this off air. It's worth taking a mini tangent here. I mean, it also has a lot to do with with for me with uh, Dave Filoni's exposition yeah. in the gallery episode where he was like that that battle between Maul and Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon where Qui-Gon was really going to be the father figure that Anakin needed 
and uh, and he died. Like that was the fight for really that was the real fight for Anakin's future, and yeah. uh, and and the, the Jedi lost when when Qui Gon was killed, and so he was forced to really have more of a brother figure in in Obi Wan to raise him, and that was you know that that wasn't the person that Anakin needed. Because Qui Gon would have one hundred percent gone back to Tatooine and freed Shmi, right? Like the Qui Gon and Anakin yes. would have done that. I feel yeah. it's foreshadowed in the movie. I yeah. think if Qui-Gon had taken Anakin under his wing, I don't think the two of them would have ended up in the Jedi Order. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting take. Yeah. I like think both of them would have just absconded. Yeah. yeah, I think I think I think wow. Qui-Gon would have seen what was happening with the Jedi, noted that the Anakin had a chance to fall and would have taken him and yeah. just run. He's yeah. like, This is a bad environment yeah. for you. We gotta get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. I I I can't disagree with that. I think that's a really interesting. I mean, there's, take. I mean, feel free. There's multiple things, but that's no. My I feel like that's. Canon. I feel like yeah. he would have. He would have really yeah. sensed that uh, that environment would have wouldn't have been healthy for Anakin, especially uh, I all write he's that, been through that, and the competition he's been through and all that. Stuff. I want to write that uh, Star Wars uh, what if comic. He was thing. a highly competitive kid. Like the Jedi yeah, Order yeah. was not the right place for him. No, yeah. no, it wasn't. It wasn't really the right place for a lot of people at that point in time. I mean, that was the breaking yeah. point for all of them. And then you know now with new with new glasses we can look at the prequel trilogy and just yeah. see just how faulted the Jedi Order was at that point in their career you know Yoda included unfortunately but uh, yeah it's fascinating I, I loved that that bit from Filoni when he mentioned that it was I mean it, it's actually it was from a Star Wars gallery episode but it was like the most insight we've gotten from mm -hmm. any media. Um, in the last 20 years, really, about about yeah. the nature of the force and Anakin and, and the Skywalker saga. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I thought it was so fun. The last like you were going to say something uh, closer to the beginning or middle of the book, because I was going to kind of move towards the end. I'm getting towards the end, too. You go ahead. Sure. Oh, wait, your Genosis line, though. I, I really love that that line of dialogue. Mm -hmm. I got to find that again. Oh, yeah. Find, uh, never mind. I was I'll, I'll jump in real quick. So like. The last seven chapters of this book overlap with the Phantom Menace, and yep. I gotta say, it's so organic how we see the Trade Federation mobilize, like with Sidious, you know, giving the orders and with with uh, with the, the landing and and the occupation and and just you really feel that mobilization even more so than you felt it in the prequels, and you really it, it, there's just so much to that that I really really admired, and um, uh, it, it was just it was just fun to 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 have more illuminated about that yeah. relationship between her and uh, uh, the Viceroy and things like yeah. that. That was really fun. Yeah, I love that throughout. It starts even at the beginning of the book of Palpatine's plan. There's this line that Grant mentioned in Chapter 4, and it goes, In a factory on Geonosis, a very large order was registered in the central computer. The furnaces flared under the desert sun, and a river of molten metal began its journey. The production line clanked to life. Like, I love the dread yeah. of that, because you know it's coming. Yeah, I love that. And then towards and the end... We saw it, too, in the... Yeah clones we saw that that chamber so yeah exactly and then we also get one of the things i like is it's overlap it's part of the chapters that overlap with the phantom menace but it's before so maul is on naboo before <laughs> they get to naboo and he had planned out palace entire fight <laughs> yeah like he had I, that I, 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 that i'm like oh that's so great like yeah. he knew it was going to end up in that chamber like yeah. he knew it. Like you he looked for those catwalks because he yes. knew those Jedi could right. attack. From you both you sides. can see Ray Park like doing moves around, yeah. like jumping over the abyss, being like, "Yeah, I can work in here. I can work. It's tight, but I can work yeah. in here." 
Exactly. So weirdly he, meditative, though. Like when he's alone, yeah. like walking around the palace, kind of inspecting it. I was like, "This is. I want to watch this like right now." Well, I see. It's so this, on brand for Maul. I mean, if you you read like yeah. his earlier things, all of his canon work and his EU work, like that's who Maul is. At that point in his life, he's just like a singularly focused killing right. hate machine yeah. that just like you know, wants to just, like, execute his orders perfectly every time, and that's exactly who Maul is. But you see the conniving and scheming that this Maul becomes the Maul we see in Rebels and later on, the the leader of the, right? Like, he literally tests out the force fields. There's a scene where he's he's just running through the force fields to make sure he can make it. Like, that's that's not what we think of Maul. That's not what I thought of Maul when I first saw him in The Phantom Menace. I thought him as more of animalistic, right? Like, this just force. It's the caged... Animal. Yeah. Yeah. Also playing Battlefront 2, if I want to bring that in there, <laughs> it is true. Like you don't want to like as a hero, you don't want to get into a spot where you can be attacked by all sides. Yeah. You want to know where it's coming from. And two sides is way better than all sides. And uh, I was like, oh, that, that makes sense, especially when you're playing as Maul. You got it like, all right, get you there, get you there, block, defend, attack. So this is important, people. Trust me. That's what Ben's doing, <laughs> and this is me playing Battlefront Two. Ha ha! Left, right. Who? Oh, wait. Oh, ha, ha. oh! I did. Yeah. Who just shot me? <laughs> yeah. I do that. Half that game accidentally shooting my own team. Luckily, it doesn't take. They don't do damage, but I, I have a hard time sometimes. It's better to be safe than sorry. That's yeah. what I would say. I gotta say, there is a like a vicious torture scene in this. Oh movie. yeah. Yeah. And uh, that really stuck with me. Uh, poor Sache, twelve-year-old girl getting Oof. like yeah. uh, electrocuted, and what was even more heartbreaking was them hearing it and having to have the debate whether or not yeah. they rescue her. Like that was just grueling. Right. I mean, that whole time I was like, I don't care. I'm busting in there. Like, what can yeah. we do? Let's blow this up. Like, who do yeah. you kill? Like, what do you do? And uh, it took a handmaiden to be like, nah. Like, she's doing her job. She's doing it right. She's yeah. you know refusing. She's going to be fine. And it's like, well. Just three quick hours of torture, even though I couldn't yep. stand 30 <laughs> seconds of torture. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just like wheeling in machinery like all day, like into that, <laughs> yeah, into yeah. that interrogation chamber. I was like, oh, God, like it's not just one interrogation, like, you know, uh, uh, a seat or, you know, a table and a droid. It's like lots and lots of um, machinery. It's pretty, pretty scary. Yeah. Um, what oh. else? Uh, Irte? Oh, does Irte play at the end, or does Sabe play at the end? Sabe, Sabe is the musician. Sabe. Yeah, Sabe I, I plays at the that. end. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, then at the very, very end. I mean, this is super spoilers if you haven't heard this. Uh, what did you think about the last chapter? Should we get there? Should we get there? Do you we want should to probably let people? Yeah, on, but we can talk about it. Yeah, it's fun. We should throw up a spoiler wall. All right, spoiler I mean, wall. We've talked about like twenty-five, uh, twenty-six yeah. chapters on this book, but yeah, so they use the, the word last... yeah. They use the word rebel in that that last chapter. Yeah, for a reason, because they're not talking about the Queen of Naboo anymore. Right. Yeah. They're talking about the princess of Alderaan. Alderaan. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, this so this is yeah. her daughter. And I don't know. I mean, what did, what did you guys think about this call? I mean, well, randomly to just juxtapose to Amadala's daughter, uh, Leia Organa. Let me. The I thought it was organic. And here's why. And I'm not usually very good at this. I highlighted a ton and I made the, I don't make notes, but I made the first note. And literally the first thing I have highlighted is 
the very first page of the book, and it said, eventually she had turned her attention to her own planet. There was no great trials to face on Naboo. The sector was at peace. The planet was prospering. And my note was, like her daughter, Leia, Princess of Alderaan. Yeah. Because yeah. it was saying Naboo, like, so, so part of me is like, if I hadn't made that note, I'd probably be like, why are we talking about Leia now? <laughs> and I really do think that's why that is in that first chapter, right? Like tying in yeah. this being being the princess, being a queen, being a leader of a peaceful planet, right? About to be thrust into, well, actually, at this point, after being at the end, it's after, after being, the, yeah, but like yeah, yeah. It was interesting. I, I I'd like to see her write Leia a little bit. I think she'd be good at it. She'd be good at anything. Yeah, I mean, all of it, like Anakin. Absolutely. Well, she didn't, there wasn't much Anakin in here, but, but Anakin uh, really likes flying, though. We learned that. Yeah, we learned in two I chuckled. Was, there's like there's literally a chapter break that's just like Anakin lights flying, and then it's like more story, and then another chapter break. Anakin, Anakin really, really likes flying. flying. So, I chuckled to myself. That's great. A fun connective tissue thing. Uh, in the book, I think Anakin thanks Sabe for protecting Padme. Yes. At a, at a moment, yeah. does that happen in the Phantom Menace? No. It does well, when Sabe dies in uh, Attack of the Clones. Ooh, poor Sabe. Sabe, but oh. no. It, it, wait, wait, wait. No. Sabe dies in Attack of the Clones? First scene. That's Corday. That's Oh, you're right. It is Corday. That's Corday. Corday. Corday's a new one. That's Corday's not. Corday's in Queen's uh, Shadow. It's not, that's not Sabe? No. No. Sabe's around in the new. But that's, that's the connective tissue I wanted to make. The connective tissue I wanted to, uh, the connection I wanted to draw was in uh, this Queen's Peril book. Anakin thanks Sabe for protecting Padme. We also know oh, Sabe oh, does yeah. Padme's voice the best. She's kind of like she's kind of like the most like right. Padme. Uh, he thanks her and has almost a kind of like you are an angel moment, or like it just has a connecting a connection yeah. moment well, with Sabe. At Sabe. that point, he knows then, that she was playing the queen. Right. But then, fa- then fast forward yep. in the Greg Pak run of Darth Vader. That's that's now a uh, Marvel comic series. Uh, Darth Vader is teaming up with Sabe. Sabe. Yeah, uh, in these new issues, yeah. and uh, that has that that moment in Queen's Peril has made those issues just all the more intriguing to me. Yeah. Like, I am so excited to see how that how That's that a great relationship catch. evolves. Okay. We That's talked a, a bit off air about it's interesting that the second book by E.K. Johnson in the series is really a prequel. And why it wasn't a sequel. And that's because the sequel has been taken up in the comic. Because yeah. we literally have Sabe at, in, at the end of Queen's Shadow vowing to find who killed Padme and the conspiracy behind right, Padme's right. death. And then we see that taken up in the Darth Vader run by Greg Pak. So I think it's yeah. interesting. Like I'm excited for that. That's a really I, fun story. I'm it is excited. fun. It's it's going to be fun to watch Vader. And, and like I, I remember I was just like, it, they ended one of the chat, one of the issues of the book with like, with Vader going Padme, and I'm like, no, it's Sabe. Yeah, but like, Sabe. I'm so excited. I'm like, you're not going to fool me. I've read the books. But I love that these books double down on the idea that she's like, kind of, she imitates Padme the best out of all of them. And so right. that chemistry between Vader and Sabe is going to be really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, man, I feel like I have to reread uh, Queen Shadow. I, I apologize for missing that. Like, that's so they she introduced new. Must have introduced new um, handmaidens then, because Corday isn't in this book at all. Oh, the handmaidens are lethal in Queen Shadow. They're like, yeah, yeah they're, some sweet. They, they do have a couple moments. moments. Yeah. Um, cool. Any other notes? That's kind of that's all I really got. I think there's a jar. There's a couple of Jar Jar moments that are fun. Like sure. it's kind of like Jar Jar leaving uh, Oda Gunga. I don't know what the place is called. But, oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. Like, 
leaving it and kind of like going above <laughs> going to the surface to like carve out an existence and then he's like always set on returning like he just this is, this is actually you brought up a great point because his perspective the whole yeah. thing is like they're like in naboo we're this artist culture yeah. and we just make art here and it's great and we import things and artists art is great and then like so the like the forgotten culture which is completely forgotten there's a great um actually like they do a play which is essentially equivalent to like our thanksgiving day play <laughs> Play, yeah. which is like it never happened and it's just like it's an insult to like native americans everywhere and like that's what, what the, with their relationship with the gungans but like right. so he he comes up and he sees uh feed for the first time which if when we see feed we're like that's the most beautiful thing we've ever seen but to him he's like i mean it's, it's okay he's yeah. like it's the architecture isn't really as great as it in Otogunga, and yeah. it's totally a lot of straight right. lines. Yeah, a lot of straight lines i guess he's like you know like but like he's totally right like the the Gungan architecture is yeah. is like eons ahead yeah. and like they don't you know, I, I mean, I'm sure they care about architecture and do all these things, but it's just like that's just how they live. And, you know, this whole culture of people that are like, no, this is our thing. This is our thing. Like it isn't even nearly as good. I, I thought that was a great moment for Jar Jar and an elucidating moment the for that planet. Other thing I'll take away is that multiple and multiple times in the book, they mentioned that the handmaidens, I think different ones mentioned at different times that. One thing about Jar Jar, he's not representative of his race. Like they mentioned yeah. that several times. Right. Like Jar Jar is an outlier amongst the yeah. Gungans. So I'm like, all right, yeah, he's an outlier for sure. Yeah, yeah. Jar Jar Binks really does feel like a Kurosawa character. Like, oh yeah, of it. yeah, yeah. 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 Looking yeah. back at Hidden Fortress and yeah. uh, Seven it, Samurai, like he really does feel yeah. like that. That's Shiro Mifune. Talking about Shiro Mifune, like there's a lot yeah. of Shiro Mifune in Jar Jar, especially uh, if you look at Seven Samurai. Gives in me a lot Samurai. more appreciation. Yeah, but he's yeah. a lot like those peasants in yeah. uh, Hidden Fortress. Right. Because he's yeah, like, yeah. yes, he's kind of a bumbling idiot, but yeah. like he also unlocks like the key to yeah. how, you know, uh, the general Kenobi is going to save the princess. Yeah. You know, and like that, that's the sort of thing he does both things. Like it's, it's a direct, it's a direct. I would love to also write a what if comic if Jar Jar never was banished from o- Odagunga, what would happen? Yeah. What would have happened? Because <laughs> Naboo would have been overrun by yeah by the trade federation but at the same time would have would the galactic empire have come to format because they wouldn't have jar jar there to to push push that voting through it'd be interesting now that alternate like just what taking that one character that a lot of what (laughs) would that do to that story would it would like would it just make for the for the sith to come back faster would it have not had who knows it'd just be interesting i know it's kind of a shame because yeah i mean lucas really truly villainized jar jar binks not in phantom menace and not in attack of the clones but in return of the sith with that one vote yeah we got to do a what if episode where each of us comes with a what if question and the two of us, the, the other two have to start, have to play game out. What would have happened? I love that. that I love that idea. Let's do yeah. it. Um, nope. That's it. So next week. Yeah, I feel like we haven't had a reading Rattar in a while. And now like the books are coming fast and furious. Oh, yeah. We got um, Shadowfall coming out. Shadowfall soon. coming out on the 23rd. So coming out next. Is that Tuesday? Maybe. I don't know. I don't have a calendar in front of me to Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday of next week. So uh, sure. we'll do that in a few weeks. We like to give our listeners a couple of weeks to read it, mostly because we like to give ourselves a couple of weeks to read it. And that's going to be a that's going to be a longer one. I think I think that's a one of the um, um I always want to call them adult books, but that makes it sound dirty. But you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so. that'll be a fun one. Yeah, can't uh, wait. Can't wait for that. So that's great. Well, we're, I, I love getting new material. Yeah, unfortunately, sort of unfortunately, I think uh, Charles Sewell's Light of the Jedi got pushed. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All the uh, New Republic stuff, I think, got pushed to beginning mm-hmm. of next year. Is that correct? I think January. But certain things got moved up. I think, I think his book's like the fall. November? Or, okay, yeah. maybe November. But I think oh, that also, is the yeah. fall's going to be busy. I mean, we're going to get yeah. Man 2 and we're going to yep. get these but, books and... Certain books got moved up. I think the Thrawn book originally got moved back, and now it got moved back up. So I think the holes are getting filled with other stuff. So there's still going to be lots of content. I think they just wanted to make sure that. I think I think mostly if you had if you had to maybe tinfoil had it or my guess is that they want to be releasing the comics along with the books. Yeah. And, yeah, the, and with and the, the delay comic, on comics, yeah. The comic world is really up in kind of you know who knows what's happening right now. So I think they want to make sure the comics and the books come out at the same time. So. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of which, though, we will have another comic next week. We're going to have Bounty Hunters 3, I think, next week to talk about. So we'll have a Reading Rath- uh, reading Rathar. Well, maybe, actually, no, we'll have a Reading Rathar. We'll have a uh, Kyber Crystal Comics Corner next week. That'll be cool. Very and we're going to do um, the last two episodes of Gallery next week, which we're excited about. Yeah. Um, I already watched Score. They did uh, Score this week, which I can't wait to talk about. Um, that's going to be great. And then whatever the episode that comes out tomorrow um, will be. And so we'll wrap up the gallery series, which has been a true pleasure. Yeah. Sons of fun. All right. Well, uh, thanks very much for listening to us um, on this adventure. I hope you enjoyed this book. If you haven't read it, read it. Um, It's just a blast. Um, Yeah. Play the games, read the books, read the comics. Watch it all again. Watch the animated series again. They're so fantastic. If you don't have uh, Disney Plus, uh, it's worth the six bucks a month. Um, to revisit all these things and um, yeah well thanks so much and uh, may the force be with you this is Grex Kondak signing off for the latest breaking news follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram thank you and good night remember the force will be with you always yeah.